0: Well, let's go ahead and stand up for our reading of the word. I will lead us, read out loud with me. We will respond with, this is the living word of God for us today. I'll say a very brief prayer and we will be in our text. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the living word of God for us Today, Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to teach us now. Change our hearts that we might know more fully what it is and what it means to follow Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I watched at least half or a little bit more of the vice presidential debate this week. Uh, our daughter, Sally, one of our two girls, uh, she's a sophomore at UT Knoxville. She was with a friend at their house watching the debate. Uh, we were not together, but we were texting back and forth. And I, I'm, I think one of the first texts I said is, "I, I was just frustrated." You know, I'm just telling you, I was just frustrated. I wanted the moderator to just tell him, "Shut up, you're done." You know, and I'm not talking about either side. I'm just going, "Both." Just no, no, you're done. Shut up, stop. You know, <laughs> and he just kept going. Um, also, there's also I'm texting Sally. You know, this is da da da, and then I text her. You know, um, answer the question. You know, just answer the question. That, that wasn't the question. Answer the question. You know, for both. I'm just frustrated. I was just stirred up to the point. You know, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't keep going. But she sent me this text about halfway through, and I'll quote it for you. She just said, it's frustrating because they both keep saying the other is lying, and I just don't know who to believe end quote. You know, every news outlet, every um, broadcast, uh, they, of course, have their on-air personality, but you you do know that in these things, they also employ literally an army, an army of fact checkers who have to check the facts, who seek to kind of cut through the uh, misstatements uh, the, the, the mischaracterizations or um, inaccuracies, exaggerations, overstatements, and just flat out lies that are spoken. You know, we live in a day, in, 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 I'm reminded, that we're, we're, we're bloated with information and we're starved for what's true. You know, we can, y'all, in an hour, we can read and see and hear more information than our predecessors could have gotten, you know, not that long ago in a month. And it's hard to argue that we're better for all of it. Uh, All of us, you know, we know a person who, every time they open their mouth, if there's any truth in what they say, it's just so clouded by uh, self you know, kind of a self-serving tidbits or half truths, uh, subtle innuendo that you, you, you're done, and you you walk away not just unsure of what they said, but just not sure it was true. I would describe it like this, using our our iceberg illustration, where we're talking about what's above the waterline and below in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, where um. You know, it's like someone says this, but what they're saying is coming from down here. And we wonder what's really true, you know, that's coming out, um, What's, in other words, what we see, you know, what we say, what, what's above the waterline, it, it, does it match what's not seen and being unsaid? And here's the thing, y'all: when when what's below the waterline is not consistent, or what's above the waterline is not consistent with what's below the waterline, that's called a lie. <laughs> that's called not true. Jesus actually doesn't mince any words. He says it's evil. We'll get to that in a few moments. Well, the person I'm speaking about is me. I'm not talking about anyone. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about I can speak to some of you and say something, but you're not getting what I'm really thinking or feeling or desire in that moment. I'm lying. I'm, I'm deceiving, and I do that. Well, the fourth example that Jesus is giving us today in this little mini section of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he's describing the righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. And so it's not just what's above the line, but what's below and all that. It's gotta gotta be a righteousness that's the whole iceberg. Uh, It can be depicted in this way. And you'll see this here on the screen that on the top, we, we would say, well, that's, what you say. But, but what Jesus is after is, is what's true and trustworthy beneath the waterline. In other words, does true and trustworthy come up and out? Uh, I, 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 could, I could describe it in that the, the, the top is, um, you know, that's the, as we say, the, the outward. You hear my words, but do my words match What's inward in my character? Proverbs eighteen we I've, I've mentioned this many times. It's always been a, just a convicting proverb. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, I've always t- taken that to mean that when, I, when you say anything to someone, You can either either give them death or life by your words. And that is what what that proverb means. But I'm gonna tell you, as I've sat with this text in Jesus's words this week, I'm convinced it also means this. The words I say are death or life to me, (laughs) to me. Perhaps you've escaped Jesus's words so far in this little section where he's talking about this righteousness. Maybe you get, you know, on the anger one, you're like, yeah, I don't really have an anger problem. I don't, I don't get that. You might've said on the lust issue. I don't, that's lust is not my struggle. It could be last week, Rob, an amazing job on the statement around divorce. And, and you go, well, I'm not married. You know, so you, you've escaped those. I really don't know how anyone's gonna escape what Jesus says now. Because he's speaking about, we all speak. <laughs> and the question is, are our words true? Here's the outline. It's, this is what he does in each section, each of the six examples. What's above the waterline? What's below the waterline? What we must do. Same thing I taught two weeks ago because it's the same format and outline. I'm gonna walk through it. Let's start with what's above the waterline. That's verse 33 We read it. I'll read it again. Jesus speaks and says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. There's what's above the waterline. First thing we need to do, and we do this all the time, is we go, okay, well, what was going on in that day that when Jesus wants to speak about truthfulness and trustworthiness, he would use this example because when he spoke this, I assure you, the original audience didn't go, I'm not sure what you're talking about. No, they, they, there was a context they were in. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this is what's going on. Well, here's what's going on. Um, he's talking about making an oath or, or, or a vow. And, and you and I know what that is. To make an oath is to say something. And then to, um, to, to, to in a sense, guarantee to, if I can say, prop up our own word to go, I, I'm going to do this. What I'm saying is true. We then appeal to a higher authority. Ultimately, the highest authority is God, but we appeal to something greater to, to, to say, I, I'm on the line for this based on my appeal to, you know, ultimately God Almighty. Is everybody with me? That's an oath. And if, if, um, if we looked at their day, here's how this would happen. Here's how this would work. One Jew might say to another Jew, he says, he's got a cow. One, one's got, this guy's got a cow that this guy wants. So this guy says to this guy with the cows, you know, um, I swear by Jerusalem, I will bring you three goats for your cow. And, and oh, okay, well, you going to give me three goats for my cow. Well, um, my, and when he says, I swear by Jerusalem, what he said is, I swear by Jerusalem that my word is good because I'm, a, I'm swearing by the city of God, the character of God. You see, he brings that into his statement. Now, oaths in the Old Testament, you know, God encourages oaths in a particular context so, so they 're not totally off off limits, but what 's happened is what God intended with oaths has been just like twisted and contorted and turned, and they 're now being abused, they had so distorted them that rather than rather than god 's original design for oaths, which by the way was a he, he condescended to our fallenness in, in, make, in allowing us to make these oaths. Um, but but the ideal, what, 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 but the ideal that God intended was that people's word would be their word. But now the Jews have, have come to a place where they're using oaths almost ubiquitously and they're using them to evade responsibility and to deceive. Take the example I just gave. This man says, uh, I'll give you three. I'll give you three goats for that cow. I swear by Jerusalem. He takes the cow home and it's not giving as much milk as he thought. I don't know. He feels like he he didn't get a, the deal. So he takes his goats to pay the man he owes three goats, but he only brings him two goats. And so this this man says, "Well, you swore by Jerusalem. It's three goats." And the man says, "Well, I, you know that." I don't know that your cow's all that I thought it was going to be. So here's two guys. So no, 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 you swore by Jerusalem. I'll tell you what the guy would do. The guy would say, you're right, I did. I swore by Jerusalem, but I didn't swear toward Jerusalem. And you see, by the way, look, because it's here. And by the way, it, it is there. It's written. They had come up with these things. And he showed him, he said, look, this is what the scribes and rabbis say. If you swear by Jerusalem, it's not binding. Only if you swear toward Jerusalem, and you, know, you and I want to go, yeah, right? I mean, that's the way we want to feel about contracts in our own day sometimes, right? Y'all, this is literally what was happening. So you see, this is why Jesus chooses this example. And I want you to note this. Isn't this what a fallen humanity does? What do you mean? Well, I mean this. We take God's, what God intends and in his ideal and we twist it, we turn it, we flip it, we add, we detract till suddenly it's not God's ideal at all. I mean this, whether it's sex, marriage, Steward creation. I mean, anything. It's like we we twist and turn all things. Art and creativity, how have we, we turned that in ways that are just perverted in, in some ways? Because we're fallen. That's what we do, and that's what they were doing. What's above the waterline? What's your word? Here's what, you, here's what you say. What's below the waterline? Look at verses 34 to 36. Jesus says, but I say to you do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Jesus here puts an end to oaths. It's emphatic in the Greek. It's at all. The Greek is at all. Do not make any oaths. Now, let me say there are those who in, in, in the history of Christianity, you know, have taken these words, I think, in a wooden way and have interpreted them that they don't take oaths at all. And uh, the Quakers today, they won't, they won't take an oath. Like, they won't even do an affidavit where you have to swear you're going to tell the truth. They feel like, well, no, I can't take an oath. Now, I, I don't agree with that interpretation, and there's two reasons. Uh, number one, um, Jesus modeled himself under oath when the Pharisees at one time said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Say, what did he just do? I call on God as my witness. Jesus, tell us who you are. And Jesus told him who he was under that oath. The other reason I say it's not, you can't have oaths at all is that's not the context. Think about the context we're in. Um. It, the context is the abuse of oaths. They're abusing oaths. Um, so he's not throwing them out completely, but in every example, it's he's in every example. What's Jesus doing? He's going to the hidden. He's going. What's underneath? You know this oath that you're making on top. Um, I want you to think back with me on marriage and divorce. Rob taught it last week. You remember that? Uh, you know they, they were addressing the legal reasons for divorce. That, and so what they were talking about, what the passage was talking about, it starts off right here, doesn't it? And really what, what, what Rob noted was that because, because of fallenness, because of fallenness, I think there's two ends in there anyways because of fallenness God's there was there was there was an out to marriage and so that's God you know allowed that but but what Jesus does is he says okay that that's allowed but what's the ideal covenant for life right remember that it's a covenant for life that's the ideal. In the same way on this, okay, I'm talking about what you say, but here's the ideal, is that your word would be truth always. <laughs> Lest we think it, it doesn't apply to us in our modern day, I want to ask you, um, how many of us can make it through a day without saying one or some of these words when you're talking to someone? Hey, I'm serious when I'm telling you that. Well, what were you before? No, I'm serious now. I'm a, right, you know, I, I, I do this. Or you go, you're talking, man, to tell you the truth, I, to tell you the truth, because I haven't been, but I will You know. And that's what we say. That's what we're saying. So we even this simple word and honestly, <laughs> honestly, you know, oh, okay. I swear. I do. I do that. I swear. I'm tell- or one that comes out of, I, I've done this and now we're talking almost literally here. I've done this where I, I mean, I'm in meetings at church or so I go, God is my witness. I'm telling you guys, Oh, I got to call God as my witness, you know, because my words not enough. And so we, we, we prop up, you know, I can't say, I can't say and let it sit there. I got to prop it up with these words. Well, God intends our word to stand on its own. And we get a glimpse of what they were swearing by. That's all this is. It's like, what, what were they, if I say honestly or tell you the truth, you know what they were doing? Well, they were swearing by heaven. When he says, "No, that's the throne of God." They were swearing by earth. I swear by earth. Well, no, he says, "That's the footstool of God." I swear by Jerusalem. That's the city of the king. Or I swear by my own head. You know that? And he goes, "No, you're not even in charge of your head. You don't even own your head." He says, "You don't take an oath for anything at all." Jesus has done something really profound here. He has put the very presence of God in every place over all things. There is nothing that a person can swear by that is not swearing in the presence of God because everything, including your head, is not your own, it's God's. Therefore, don't make an oath. No need to prop up your words. I'm talking to myself, okay, when I say this. Well, he makes abundantly clear that we don't do that when he talks about what we must do. Look at verse thirty-seven. I'm now to what we must do, he says, "Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil." Wow! I want to note that mm. it comes from evil. It could be another reading is it comes from the evil one. I want you to think about this. So when I say something that is not aligned with what's inside of me and that what's, true, you know, what's true here, that's called a lie. And Jesus says it comes from evil or the evil one. Jesus was speaking to the scribes and Pharisees in the gospel of John at another time. And these are the people he's talking to here. You know, they're in the crowd and he's calling them out. And listen to what he says in John chapter eight, verse 44. He says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do evil things. The evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, this is just fascinating to me, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, you know what, what I mean when I say this? The devil is a being of integrity. What do you mean? I, I mean what he is is what you get there's integration between his actions and his character this is what's chilling is when we say something but it doesn't align with what's true and trustworthy and instead Honestly, we're speaking a lie. Well, please note we're only being consistent with what's in us. That lie, that lie, you know, isn't functioning outside of the whole iceberg. Are you with me? Which says to me. And again, now this, there's 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 parts of sanctification in this, et cetera, et cetera. But when we lie, I'm not saying your whole character's a lie. If you're a Christian, your character's Christ. But we have the flesh within us, and so when we lie, that principle of the flesh, that bent toward evil, that that that's in us, and it comes out, and it comes out. We're actually being consistent with the flesh that still remains. Does that makes sense. It's 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 chilling, quite honestly. I mentioned at the beginning how we live in a day where we're bloated with information, starved for the truth. I'm gonna step on some toes when I go here, but it seems to me the technology that has served to connect us and is so helpful in so many ways, it keeps us informed um, like never before. It has, it has also multiplied the lies we read and the lies we tell. in terms of, you know, just a current practical application for our day. Uh, one thing I think the text is asking us is, is this, and I'll, I'll offer this. Is your social media life true to your life? Are the posts you post and the pictures you show consistent With what's really true in your heart. And you go, Lloyd, where in the world are you getting social media out of this passage? (laughs) Well, here's what I wanna say. What Jesus is saying, uh, it applies to our speech, our communication, what we say. And therefore, every word that proceeds, yes, out of our mouth, but every word that proceeds out of our fingertips. Every text, every email, we, we, we put that, you see, we're putting our words out there. Are they true? Yes and no are perhaps the clearest and simplest words in any language on the planet. It's crazy how we've, how we've bloated them up with strangeness. Jesus is not saying live your life with two words: yes, no, yes, no. He's not saying that. He's saying let what you say be true. What might it look like, honestly, if we we just if we just if our yes was yes, our no was no, if when we speak it's true? Well, could you imagine? I think our conversations would be shorter, but richer. We would say less and love better. I think anxiety would plummet and faith would flourish. I think God would be more glorified and we would be more fulfilled. I think Jesus would be exalted. I think, I think those who don't know him would be drawn to the cross. I think there would be less litigation and meanness and more humility and kindness. Now, here's the key. I don't know that Rob and I have, have talked about it in these terms, but I'm telling you, it's, it's at the core of, of this in the Christian life. and certainly the core of our mission. We talk about wholehearted life in Jesus. Y'all, it's only when Jesus is at the center of all that we are it's only when Jesus, the crucified and risen Christ, is at the center of our hearts. And therefore our hearts are satisfied in Jesus, at rest in Jesus. I'm secure in Jesus. Jesus is, is all I need. He's, he, he, he's everything. When we're resting satisfied in Jesus, the the gospel, only then, you see, do we not need to lie. What do you mean? What does I mean? Why do I lie? Because sometimes I just, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I don't want my feelings to hurt by telling you. It's because I have a need, which, by the way, think about it we begin to become aware of our lie when we look below the waterline. When I'm getting ready to tell a lie and before I tell a lie, I go, wait a minute. I'm scared right now and I'm afraid if I do this, this is gonna happen and I won't get this. I'm gonna tell a lie. What would happen if, wait a minute, I'm scared right now and I mean, and Jesus is my security. And he is what I need right now. And I am terrified that if I tell the truth right now, I could lose, but I'll never lose Jesus. I'll tell the truth. Do you see that? Satisfied in Christ. The core and center of our heart. This is you, you, We don't stop lying just by going, Oh, I want to lie so bad. I'm not gonna do it. You know, I mean, no, it's it's being satisfied in Jesus and in Christ. I'm gonna tell the truth. Because it's who I am. It's Christ in me. And he tells the truth. I'm gonna invite the band to come up. We'll have a Responsive song, but we'll also have a moment to reflect. And I've got just a thought. I'm trying to make. I, I, I thought I'm just going to make this very simple because, gosh, this I could say this. I could almost teach this passage in you know two minutes. Stop lying, tell the truth. You know, or let your yes be yes and your no be no. Obviously, there's more, but just to keep it simple, I've got a quote that may help us here. German Bible scholar, Dr. Helmut Thielich, he said this. He said, whenever I utter the formula, I swear by God, I'm really saying, now I'm gonna mark off an area of absolute truth and put walls around it to cut it off from the muddy floods of untruthfulness and irresponsibility that ordinarily overruns my speech. That's what I'm doing. And he goes on, he says, in fact, I'm actually saying more than this. I am saying that people are expecting me to lie from the start. And just because they're counting on my lying, I have to bring up these big guns of oaths and words of honor. I'll tell you, when we begin to choose to pay attention to what's going on below the waterline, what's happening in our hearts before we speak? We bring the gospel there. where well, the gospel's true for me. It's the truest thing about me. I'm telling you, we can begin to eliminate the big guns of oaths and words of honor. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm telling you. <laughs> See, we can, I can do away with honestly. I can do away with, I'm telling you the truth. We just speak the truth. We identify those prop up words, you know, we, 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 we can eliminate, we can choo- not choose them. I choose not to speak them. I choose to speak what's true. Christ is my security. So would you take a moment? I've got the questions here. I want you under this framework, when Jesus is the deepest satisfaction of our hearts, then and only then do we no longer have the need to say anything less than what's true. And only then do we no longer need words to prop up our simple words of truth. So pray the spirit would make the reality that Jesus is your deepest satisfaction. Pray the spirit would make that more real in your life moment by moment, and then pray that the spirit would enable you to see and eliminate those prop up words. And my prayer is that this week in particular, uh, it, it, the spirit would catch you when you say it and, and you'd stop for a moment and, and go, why did I have to? And we would repent and we would turn to Christ and say yes or say no <laughs> and leave it at that. Let's take a moment right now. I'll let you pray and speak to God about your own application.